Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. They are a passionate team that speaks moto. They either go riding, they bench race a lot, they have company rides, they have all the latest parts and gear, and uh, they want to be the place for you to go to check everything out, whether it's uh, gear, accessories, tires, parts, or apparel, whatever your passion, they've got the gear to keep you on track and trail safely. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, 700 trusted brands. You go there, order some stuff, then use the code PB-PULP16 to, uh, to save big at, uh, at the MotorcycleSuperstore.com. You get a little bit of a discount even, which is pretty sweet. And uh, we thank those guys for coming on board. And Fox Racing, Foxhead.com, the official gear of Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, and a bunch more others. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Uh, go to your local dealer. If the local dealer doesn't have Fox, maybe you should change up your local dealer. I mean, it's Fox, everybody. Foxhead.com. So, again, I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening to these pods. With me on the line, uh, he is a former national, uh, top national pro rider, uh, Canadian moto uh, rider, uh, vet, top vet rider, NESC legend, Mike Treadwell. What's up, Tread? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Um, I did one of these with Keith Johnson maybe a couple months ago, and every question I had for him, he said, you'd have to ask Tread. So... <laughs> Let's talk about Keith. Let's talk about Keith Johnson's career. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, most of Dowdy does the same thing. They're like, "Hey, how did I do at this race on this day?" And oh, uh, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is in. what is Mike Treadwell doing now? What are you up to, man? Um, just back home. I'm in. I'm in Connecticut. Originally from Maine, but I uh, I um, moved to Connecticut like mm-hmm. eight years ago, and uh, just working. I work for. Uh, I'm a power lineman, and mm-hmm. I work for uh, for. Uh, 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 International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, it's called uh, Local 42, and I, uh, I just go to work every day and uh, and uh, take care of the family and you know my my two girls, Lindsay and Hannah. Lindsay's 16 now, so uh, mm-hmm. you know they'll drivers permit and That's all that full, other good yeah. stuff. And uh, boys you know, dating, 14. dating. And yeah, stuff. yeah. God, oh, don't even God. get me going on that. <laughs> don't get me going on that, man. She's like, Dad, you're a psycho. Stop it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, my wife. We just uh, you know. Just normal stuff, and then racing, you know, um, every weekend pretty much. NESC, you know how the NESC stuff goes. It goes, it starts in April and goes mm-hmm. till November. And we just got done, you know, like four weeks yep. ago, I guess. The series got over here and uh, just been chilling out now. Wow, so you're still, you're still like racing every weekend, Tread. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, that some Dude. guys like to golf and some guys like uh-huh. to do whatever. I, I, I enjoy going to the races, you know, and, uh, and, Mixing it up with the kids, you know, right. it's, it's fun. Like um, it. What are you riding now? You still riding Cowies or what are uh, you? KTM? KTM? Uh, KTM's like for this will be my fourth year now. Okay, I've been on them since uh, since 
Four, fourteen. Uh, well, yeah, fourteen was the first season, so this is third year. So next year, yeah, it'll be four years. I was talking to KJ, and at some point, you and him just checked out of pro racing. You guys could still put in good results whenever you showed up, and you were still, uh, uh, you know, the older guys going fast. And at some point, both of you said, "You know what? Amateur motocross is what pays." You guys got on Team Green. You bankrupt Team Green, both of you. <laughs> we we actually yeah we did man we had a <laughs> we. However, you all look at it, fortunately or unfortunately, no, fortunately, uh, we, had a, screw we had a it. hand fortunately. in. Uh, <laughs> we had a hand in in uh, getting rid of contingency, I guess, with the way it was back then, because we made a boatload of money. Yeah, you guys were racing the top amateur stuff, going around racing the vet classes, usually, you know, doing very well. And yeah, more power yeah. to you, man. Yeah. 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 No, it was a. It was a definitely a good. Uh, it was definitely a good run. You know, we had the. You know, we went to Canada for a few years. Like I did, like five years or whatever. Had a good run up there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just. You know, being the, you know, the journeyman pro guys that we were, we just were used to racing. Sure. You know, Friday, Saturday night arena crosses, and then going wherever to race the, mm-hmm. the you know, an, an outdoor race on Sunday, and just so we were always looking for, for ways to, to do, you know, make make the most bang for your buck, I guess you could say. And we uh, went to Canada for a few years, and then yeah. we're like, you know what? Start doing this amateur stuff, Loretta's, <laughs> and it was a pain in the butt. Some of it was a pain in the butt being right. in Texas for two weeks and doing that stuff. But you yeah. know what? It was it was it was it was really good and it was it was good to us. Yeah, and you got to make money, man. Yeah, do yeah, it. You know, exactly. absolutely. Um, uh, I think more guys should do that. There's some pros that are hanging on, and you go, man. There's no money. Go chase the money because the factory dream is dead, and yeah. now it's all about making money. You know, at some yep. point, you got to do. You got to decide that. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. There, there's no money in the 250 Supercross. If there's some dudes still doing it that, you know, they're risking their their balls for, and they're getting you know seventh and eighth, which is awesome and gnarly. But that pays you two hundred fifty dollars, three hundred dollars, or whatever. Right. You know, so and that's the thing that I sit there and look and and, and like you say, nothing against anybody because everyone's chasing their dream and they're trying to 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 do the best they can. And you know, as long as they're happy with it, that that's great. But I just look at it and be like. <laughs> Yeah, you made the night show, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's not really doing. It, much for it's you. great early on, but at some point, now making money becomes the the goal, and making a living and doing what you love. And I kind of was saying that about Stanky, like that Jared Stanky guy, who's a really cool dude and straight out of the nineteen seventies. He's riding this one twenty five two stroke at nationals, and he's telling me he's spending all his arena cross winnings doing it. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's right. high. You can't go to the bank and put in those high fives like. For for money, for you can't pay your mortgage with high fives and people loving you on a one twenty five, you know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, everyone's different, and you yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know, you're gonna get that. But uh, yeah, believe me, it'll come. It'll come a time where he'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm all set with that. I need to, I need to do what pays the bills, yeah. and if it if it means wearing Levi's, then that's, yeah. what, it, that's what it is. Hey, dude, uh, uh, Southwick is back on the schedule. Uh, obviously, Kate, Keith Johnson, Dowdy, uh, uh, Mike Grundall running it. Um, as a New England legend like yourself, that that had to been cool. I was always pumped, and, and and also too reversing the direction of the track was a great move. Never felt like to me that it was as good. Uh, we needed a sand track. We needed a different track on the series. I'm stoked that everybody made this happen, and, and I guess so are you. Oh, completely pumped. It was, uh, you know, once once um, KJ, you know, kind of took it over, and my, well, Mike got it, and then kind of you know asked KJ to run it, you mm-hmm. know, and. Um, and obviously, he hired Dowdy right off the bat, and you know that was the first thing. You know, we everyone knew you had to turn the track back around and go back the yeah. normal direction. And yep. um, you know, and then it's been you know phenomenal ever since then. You know, it's been you know 
it's just fun to race it again. You know, I honestly wasn't even the way it was after they reversed it all those years ago, and mm-hmm. and it, I I kind of didn't even like the place anymore. Really? Huh? I was over it. I wow. was over it. I was just like, man, it's, it didn't flow. That direction didn't flow, and it, the bumps formed differently, and it just kind of. I never liked it, and then immediately when it got switched back around to normal, it kind of felt like home, and I was like, ah, this is this is cool. This is the way South supposed to be, and they put so much work into it and made it, you know, made it. It's it's I think it's the best it's ever been and it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm glad it's back on the schedule. You know, we can see some guys riding sand and even though you and I both know it's not a true Euro sand track, it's the closest thing right. we got. You know, so. yeah, exactly. In the in, in the in the U.S., you know, I mean, you can go go for dunes in Canada. You mm-hmm. know, um, that that is sand. That yeah, that's not that's like I, I used to tell guys that all the time. Even when people like, oh, dude, Safa got rough. I'm like, you guys don't have any <laughs> idea what rough is until right. you go to go for dunes. Yeah, there's like at least there's hills at Southwick where you can kind of keep your flow going and it's up and down and mm-hmm. do that. Go Gopher, is just a flat field with gnarly four foot sand whoops around the whole track with big jumps. Yeah. Yeah. Like the worst combination you could have as far as, you know, you're like, oh, shit, i got to jump this huge yeah, jump. Yeah, like a four-foot right up the face of it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. awesome, great. Exactly. Um, we had a track growing up in Manitoba like that. It used to be on the national schedule for years in rollerball. Actually, Surwall, Surwall beat rollerball a couple times because he was good in the sand, and it was just like gopher, deep, deep yep. beach sand. And uh, roller was pretty much unstoppable except for once in a while Surwall could beat him. Um, and it was a great track, and I grew up riding that kind of stuff. So, um, Yeah, rollerball was, was – Good in the sand, just because he was so strong. He like was a better hard pack guy. Yeah, I mean, like I remember him well, being. I think he was yeah. such an animal with his training. Like he's just right, such a exactly. You know, he just yeah, just I'll just ride all day long. You know. Yep. Just, um, I will pound you into the ground, and that's <laughs> that, that's my approach. Well, I was going to leave this to the end, but since we touched on rollerball, what do you? What's your story? Like, you got to be able to tell it too, Trad. It's got to be like PG. Like I know that <laughs> right. You probably have a lot of roller stories that you know can't make the light of day, like a lot of guys. But um, yeah, there's a few that definitely can't make the light of day. But there's, I mean, Jim Hawley's got one that's just absolutely unbelievable. But uh, yeah. do you, what's your story that can be told on, on a podcast? A, a rollerball. I mean, story? Uh, a few, a few. I mean, I remember like my first. Um, we always went to Revere de Loop. I went to mm-hmm. Revere de Loop every year for like 20 years, you know, and uh, that race is uh, one of those ones where it's just, it's a unique race and you never know. And like, I never, ever drank, like never, mm-hmm. like through my whole high school career, yeah, everyone yeah. would be yep. like, I never drank, like senior high school graduation parties the first time I ever even like had a beer, you know, I was just like, mm-hmm. all right, whatever. So I just was focused always on just, you know, sports in school and then, and then racing, you know. In summertime was racing and, and then sports all through school, so I just never never drank or nothing. So I just automatically thought that anybody that was an athlete or did anything like like yeah, never drank. Right, you know? that's what so you have to do. Right, I'm like go to Revere to Loop. I'm like 18 years old and I had won a, a you know 18 or 19. I had won a couple motos in NESC that that year and mm-hmm. I finally started winning. You know, and I was yep. like, I, but rollerball was still. You what know, year is it? What, what year around were we talking? I think, I think 88 or 89. Okay. Yeah, so rollerball still still good. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's yeah. he's still like you know the man, right. and uh, I want to say it was, I want to say it was eighty nine, and um, yeah, because that's that yeah eighty nine because that was the I started winning um, NESC that year. That was the first year I started winning motos, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I was kind of like secretly a little bit confident going going to Revere to Loop. You know what I mean? Like um, yeah. I had raced with Jeff Hicks, I believe, the year before that. We did like a match race, mm-hmm. and me and Jeff Hicks, I still have it to this day. I won this cool gold. Um, Gold ring, me and Jeff Hicks. Um, 
you know, won, like, won the, the match race the year before that where, in 88. In, but in, I kind of was in the Revere de Loop? on the team. In Revere Loop, you won this match race? Or where did you win this match race? Yeah, in Revere oh, de Loop yeah, yeah, the year yeah. before okay. that. Right. So, okay. um, we, um, it, it was, I was like the, the weak link on the team, though. You know what I mean? We had Jeff Hicks, and <laughs> I'm not sure if Storbeck went that year or somebody, yeah. but uh, I was the weak link on the team, you know what I mean? But I, I, I was able to get the, you know, yeah. do whatever I could sure. to get the, to, so the team got the, got the win. And uh, so the next year, I was like hoping that they had this match race because I was kind of feeling more confident. Uh-huh. But I was still in awe of rollerball, you know? And he had an 86, I want to say it was an 86 CR125 that, that, that that's what they just because he just flew to the race and then they got him a bike there and mm-hmm. shit like that you know and uh, yep. I think it had drum brakes still and uh, and he he straight up just beat everybody the <laughs> first night Friday you know it was a Friday and Saturday night race yeah, yeah. Friday night he wins on this drum brake CR125 that he never shifted I don't think I think he just geared it so that it was like first gear the whole track right and he just he he beat everyone and I was just like literally going all right like. How do I beat this guy? You know, so yeah. I don't. I go back to the, I go back to my room that night, mm-hmm. and of course, being revered to loop, everybody goes out and just yes. gets obliviated right. except me. I yep. go back to my hotel room. I don't know. I had one of my buddies um, from Maine um, just drive up with me, right. and um, I go back and I'm like determined to do good the next night. You know, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta win. You know, I gotta do good, and uh, so. I get back the next day and and no one's kind of around the stadium in the morning and blah blah blah. I'm like I'm like there early and and practice didn't start to like one or whatever and no one's around. No one's around. Rollerball doesn't even show up. Then he shows up like before the the heat races that night. And I remember him sleeping on top of all these old chairs that were just you know how they fold <laughs> yeah, up the chairs just, and you right. stack them on those right. little racks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He was sleeping in between like qualifiers <laughs> and main events and stuff like that. That was a rough night. Yeah, and I was literally like, oh, why is he yeah. sleeping? And how is, like, what? And everyone's like, oh, dude, you should have seen Robo last night. He was just plastered and <laughs> he was, you know, you know, all over the place. And just like, I'm like, I was so pissed off that yeah. he beat me again that night, too. He still beat me, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the next night again. I was just like, really? Really? And then, um, you know, he just he just did it. He just, you know, he, yeah, was, able to, to, he was an animal. And um, then. Uh, and, and then you know we actually became friends, and uh, he he stayed with me in Florida and stuff like that, like the the next year, and uh, still PG, but he got he got arrested. He was he, he got loaded and at the beach or something like that. We were <laughs> we were down somewhere in Clearwater Beach or something, and one of Dowdy's buddies was was down there with us, and uh-huh. he ended up going with him and. Rollerball got arrested by no. a female cop, if you can imagine that. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, and got put in put in jail, cuffed and stuff for the night, and then we had to go back and get him the next day. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, I was at uh, I was at a race in '89 that same year. Later was that summer '89. Uh, it was a Saskatoon like a mini state, and he won the first night, dominated everybody. That night went out to the bar, got. got beat up by the bouncers, thrown through a glass window, and, and missed the rest of the Nationals, and then came back in 91 as number seven because he couldn't race anymore because he got beat up so bad. And then he just whooped up everybody again. Just, yeah, just see you later. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I tell you, he, he was a And he always he told me, that, he always told me that, in, especially in Revere de Loop, Revere de Loop, that they wanted Carl to win so bad that they started building the jumps bigger and bigger. <laughs> you know, Rollerball yeah. wasn't a great Supercross specialist. And uh, yeah, he never was. Um, <laughs> yeah, he never liked liked any of the the big jumps or anything like that. And that's yeah. not far from the truth either. I mean, they definitely. I mean, they loved Carl. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it would be, and Carl yeah. loved to jump, and he was a good showman. Yeah, yeah, he was, exactly. You know, he was just the, the the man when it came to that stuff. So yeah, they um, you know, 
I, they definitely would would cater. And he and you know what? And, and in Valencourt's defense, he delivered. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Carl would, was uh, Carl was a great rider. Probably a little underrated by a lot of us Canadian moto fans. You know, he was great. He just and he beat Rollerball straight up a few times, more than a few times for titles and yeah. everything. But we kind of don't put him on that level. But he, he wasn't there that long before he just decided. He was like 26. He was like, I'm out. I can't make any money. Yeah. Anymore, you know. So. And I tell you, Carl, we we. Um, uh, he lived with us, me, mm-hmm. Dowdy, Bartman. You guys all lived in um, Ocala, right? KJ, yeah. We all would stay together, and Carl always. I think Carl, like, um, were, was drawn to us one because we're super cool, but uh, two because we were uh, <laughs> we were not his competition. Like, yeah. you know, we would we would he would come and moto with us, and right. he would come down in the spring series every year before the uh, Canadian races started. He would come to New England, right. stay with us from Florida. He'd just come here, and then. Um, and you know, train. Yeah. We always did long motos, and uh, and so he was always ready when he went to Canada. So he never really had any. Um, it was never any like, oh man, I got to worry about these guys. because yeah. they're not coming to Canada. Right, know? right. Um, but uh, it's funny that you bring up Barton because I, I got his name uh, uh, circled here to want to talk about him. But um, let's let's go back a little ways when you started. Um, so if you're if you're if you're winning NESC in '89. Um, before you kind of do any nationals or anything else, if you're winning expert class in '89, then I'm guessing are you older than Dowdy or no? No, no. Um, okay, th- three he, years younger. Okay, so yeah, he just like he didn't start till he was like '88, like '88, '87 or whatever, right? Like yeah, yeah. It was, well, actually, no. He 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 was doing good. He like he I, we both our first expert race. I break his stones all the time because his first expert race was in '86 and mine was too. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and we both raced um, the same expert race, and I got a fifth. That's my first one, so I I I waxed him. I think he got a seventh or something like that. You know, um, so that's my that's my claim to fame. I beat him in our first expert race, but then he proceeded to spank me after that. Well, <laughs> we, well, we touched on this in the uh, in the podcast with KJ, and I've and I've t- talked to this before. It's kind of amazing, isn't it, that Dowd and Henry, and there wasn't a lot of difference with John and Doug than you and KJ, and you know, you guys were close to the same speed and battling it out yet you know they went on to this massively great pro careers won national titles and dad won a supercross henry won nationals and they made a ton of money but they just some but they were never like you they like okay like james stewart we looked at and we're like that guy's gonna be amazing ricky carmichael that guy's gonna be no one ever said that about dad and henry did they no no it was like i used to tell people that all the time At, at local races even when doug and john were like starting to get into that you know, being who they were going to become, I still didn't think it was any big deal to beat them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't like I was like, oh, my God, I just beat. I mean, when Dowdy won, I joke all the time, like, just weird stuff. Like, those guys could rise to the occasion on the, on the bigger events mm-hmm. better than better than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously they're, they're, they're better. Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, yeah, we're not. That, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you have... You know, like the week before we did a local race, I was, I was telling somebody else this. Um, I think it was Galdi. I did a podcast with him. The week before, Dowdy went one-one at Binghamton when he was riding um, mm-hmm. the factory Alhond. I beat him at Central Village. I went one-one at Central Village. Yeah. And and then we go to we go to Binghamton the next week, and he pulls a one-one, and I pull a did not qualify, <laughs> crashed out, and didn't even qualify. And I'm like, yeah. Well, and I was super pumped for him that he won. I was bummed for myself, but I was just like, and I'm sitting there going, man, seven days ago I I beat that guy. Well. Like, and again, I mean, like I'm they not didn't. Not saying I could have yeah. won. No, no. Just, yeah. I, 
probably could have thrown it, thrown her in the top fifteen, no problem. But, you would you know, think. Like, you would think. Um, yeah. And they never had money. Like growing up, like neither guy was no. this this spoiled, uh, you know, factory dude. We know the story about Dowd. He didn't start until he was like sixteen. And and Henry apparently always had raggedy ass stuff. Always. And, and and it was just these two guys. Look, I'm not taking any, like yeah, like you said, they're better. They're great. They they practice that and everything else. But two unlikely New England legends for sure. Yeah. You know, yep, it, but true, and they, you know, I think, I think all, um, like all of us coming up through, I think Bartman had um, a little bit more. Say, like he had cooler bikes. He was always yeah, he always looked bike. right. Yeah, JT, he wore like JT factory. forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you take if you take, you know, that little aspect of it, Bartman still worked hard. You know, what I mean, that was that was what was cool. I think that's mm-hmm. why we all clicked together. We didn't right. mind living together and training together because mm-hmm. everyone wanted to work hard and nobody really had anything. So we had to live together because we had to split expenses because right. none of us had any money. We didn't, none of us had any, you know, two nickels to rub together. Right, we right. didn't have, you know, we didn't have parents helping us. You know, we were just, you know, you, you think we about, doing it on our own. You think about yourself and, and Dowd and Henry and Barton, Pat Barton, who, who led a moto until very late in 88, I believe on a, a 125 class. Yeah. And yeah. then you look at KJ and, and what a, what an amazing time for you! And you guys were all kind of friends, and 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 what an amazing time in NESC! Like, it, and you guys didn't just haul ass in the sand. It wasn't one of those things. Like, you guys were good riders, putting in good results all the time. You know, it's a really neat era. It it really was. It was like one of those things where you. It, that's what I think. What was cool about it because you couldn't like nowadays. You get guys. I think JoJo touched on that in his podcast with you. Like. Like Jimmy D and and uh, and Marshall, Robbie and those yep, guys, yep. they didn't have anybody that you know what I mean. Like it, when you constantly always have to work for yeah. every single position you have, and yep. it's one thing if you're racing in the back of the pack and you're racing for that position, but when you're up front, like back in that era, you could have like seven or eight guys that could win. I mean, and it wasn't just us, you know, five or six guys. You had Carlo Cohen coming over from New York with Kurt McMillan. You had Valancourt and mm-hmm. JSR in his early day, yeah. Like he, like ninety two, JSR started coming down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you and then you had you know uh, John, um, Bartman, yeah, KJ, myself, Tony Larusso, Kid Scott Carter, yeah, um, Badger Jalak. There was literally it was it was absolutely uh, I'm I'm missing guys. Wally Silva. There's oh, so many guys yeah, that. You, that were like really fast. That all always had two-digit numbers in the nationals, mm-hmm. um, and you know you could go on a, on, a, on a normal Sunday at an NESC race, a local Southwick race, and did there was twelve guys on the line that had two-digit numbers. <laughs> right. And, you know what I mean? It was like, and then you had another five guys that you never heard of. I remember Valancourt when he first came down here. People were beating him, and he's like, you know, and they were wearing <laughs> flannel shirts, and yeah. you know, he's like, dude, who is this guy? How is he beating me? Yeah. Like, I don't understand this. You're like that's that's Bobby. That's Bobby. He works in the he works in the yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> took forty four to four ninety five to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you kind of touched on my on my next question, and I asked JoJo the same thing. So, like Jimmy D and Robbie Marshall and these these newer guys, like we're not seeing the same. Jimmy D is probably better at Supercross and Nationals. There's no doubt. Um, you're, you're not seeing the New England guys produce the same amount of. Of really fast dudes as we as we used to see, and even at Southwick, never mind that. I mean, Robbie's put in some good rides here and there, but it's not like you guys were. I mean, I looked, I tweeted this out maybe like a month ago. Uh, I want us eight out of the top twenty 
1989 at Southwick in one of the classes were locals, including yeah. Down and Henry. I counted those or whatever. But eight yeah. guys out of the top 20 were basically local guys at, at Southwick. Now, that was sand yeah. and extreme, but we're far from that happening. And so you think it's more of a, just a lack of competition from like the, every yeah, week? Yeah, and more organizations. Like back then, NESC was like it. you had two organizations. They had one was called NEMA, New England Mini Cycle Association, which catered to like 50cc bikes up mm-hmm. to 125. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, and then you went to NESC. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like in early, early 2000s, like some, you know, people started started uh, getting ticked off about certain things in NESC. And so a, a couple, uh, some people started a, an organization called NEMX, New England Motocross mm-hmm. Association. So, that started taking guys. So if you were a seventh or, you know, a 10th to 15th yep. place guy in NESC every single week, mm-hmm. you go to NEMX right. and boom, now you're a hero. Now you make money. Yeah, you win. And yeah, now yeah. you're starting to, 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 yeah, dude, I can make contingency money because then all of a sudden after a year or so, back then everyone was paying contingency. So you could go there and make contingency money. They had really short motos. They were only five lap motos. Mm-hmm. And tracks didn't get as rough because not as many people went and all that stuff. But it it, it was like, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, a, a year or two later, uh, Winchester Speed Park opened up, and then they had their own series. So it's all of a sudden, like now we got yeah, a little three fractured, right? Yeah, major series going on, and you spread guys out. So now all of a sudden we had you know full mm-hmm. gates in the pro class all the time with guys take being like it being very prestigious to get inside the top 10 or, or get top 15 at a local race where now it's starting to be a joke because you know you got now you only have 12 guys mm-hmm. in the 15 guys at the most in the in the expert class in NESC because the other 10 guys are going to these other series because they can they can do yeah. good there so you yeah. only had the dudes that wanted to go and pound out 20 plus 2 lap motos in rough tracks yeah, know, yeah, for, I see what you know, mean. Right, so sure. it, it kind of took everything away, and it, it just—I mean, it—you know—hey, it's good. There's a lot, a lot of good things happen because of it, but mm-hmm. it took away from the the competition level. Yeah, yeah, I see. It, absolutely. Um, who was your biggest rival? Do you think all those years in New England? Like, was it KJ or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it primarily was KJ. Um, I mean, that's because we we literally. I mean, Keith. Keith, it's it's funny that you know here we are thirty five years later and we're still best buddies and <laughs> yeah. we still talk all the time. But like yeah. he was like one of the first guys I started racing in nineteen eighty three, and he was like one of the first guys that I met at the races. Oh, that's and funny. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of hit it off, and then literally from that point on, it was, I mean, just battle royale, one twenty five amateur class, then we move up to expert. Yep, and you know, and and he, you know, and KJ's one of those dudes that's just such. You know, like JoJo hit the nail on the head. He couldn't see. Like, he was so talented. Like, that kid was. I remember riding. I forgot with, that uh, story. That's right. JoJo was like, What are you doing, dude? Yeah. But it, it's so true. Like, Keith was super. Like, Keith right now didn't ride all year and then just shows up at Southwick, doesn't mm-hmm. even, hasn't ridden all year, and like goes out and, and boom, he's, he's top three in the expert class. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't get tired. If he doesn't get massive arm pump and get tired, <laughs> right, right. He's, he finishes it. But he's riding top three with, with all the young kids right off the bat. You uh-huh. know, like, he's super talented. And he, uh, you know, so we've, we've just always, always battled all the way up through, you know. I remember I was teammates with Lance Smale, and um, 
That's what he 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 because he told me um, he was teammates with KJ on KTM, and that's one thing he said. He was like, "Dude, that guy is so talented. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's insane. I can't believe he doesn't have better results." And it just kind of like I think it was maybe somewhat of a confidence thing, probably on on his part that he didn't have. I mean, he still had killer did, results. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, had, for sure. Had, no, absolutely. You know, well, did you guys but, ever get pissed at each other? Oh yeah, yeah. We okay. I mean, we literally. What was the um, biggest fight? What was the biggest thing? We never really. We never really. Um, Took it too, too bad. I mean, I, we, he still says I cleaned him out at Southwick, and I say he cleaned me out. <laughs> I clearly had the inside, and he needed to back off, and he just didn't. So yeah, it was his yeah. fault. And I broke his finger or something like that when I, when I, and we were yelling at each other. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's awesome. When we got up, but uh, and then we had to drive home together, of course. But uh, you know, um, we used to do that in Canada. We'd be like, you know, I mean, we did all kinds of stuff though. We, yeah. you know, like not just so that we wouldn't kill each other. You know what I mean? We'd be like, all right, listen, you know. We're gonna race clean, hard, and everything, but yeah, just yeah. don't kill each other. That's all it is, you know. Did, did, did when he got the Cannondale thing? I mean, it's good because he made some money, and he was a factory guy. But oh my god, those yeah, stories are unbelievable. Yeah, it. I felt bad for him. You know what I mean? Because that year, as a matter of fact, that year Honda was really good. That year in uh-huh. two thousand, mm-hmm. um, when he was riding those Cannondales, and and the. the that Honda frame. Remember how that the that that generation they had to do the three year deal from ninety seven yeah. to ninety nine. Yeah. And then the two thousand the bike came out and it was really good. And mm-hmm. I, I got on Hondas. I was riding for Manchester Honda that year, and the bikes were really good. And uh, I remember coming out at the first Southwick, and I had gotten that arm pump surgery at the end of ninety nine. Oh, you finally, did? Okay. Yeah, yep. I finally like that was my huge problem. My whole life was just arm pump bad, Supercross just done. And so I, I got that arm pump surgery. I came into that year. I was just like. I, was, I felt like I was invincible. That was the year I went to Canada, and I, uh, I just showed up the first race, and I remember feeling bad because KJ had the, the bike was powerful, and he got the whole shot. I remember just blowing by him and leaving him, and being like, I'm <laughs> "Did like, you ever oh, ride dude. it? Did you ride it?" I did. Yeah, you know, it was like so. It was so easy, and I was like, "Oh man, I felt bad." You know, oh. Oh, shit, he's going to struggle all year long with that thing. Did you ever ride it? Did you ride a Cannondale and be like, well, uh, no, "No, I never rode it. <laughs> I didn't even want to try. Didn't even want to try it." Um. Hey, I'm looking through the RacerX vault for your results and looking at it. Sixth place at, at Southwick and seventh at, at, at Unadilla. And did you not make a Supercross main event, Treadwell? Yeah, I finished ninth in the series in '95. Well, there's no Supercross in your vault collection. No, there, there. I think there is in there. I mean, like I got, well, I think I got well, sixth or seventh at that's Daytona what I'm saying. that year like, in '95. '95. Yeah, I finished ninth in the series, so there better be some damn results for me. There's nothing, and I got okay. I'm gonna look into this when I. Did you look into? Did you look under? Because I'm a weirdo. I'm from Maine, you know. Uh, yeah. Some years I signed up under Michael Treadwell, and some years I signed up. Under yeah, Mike, but we so. were trying to fix all that. Um, I, I was looking, and I'm like, wait a minute. I remember him racing Supercross, but I was like, well, maybe he didn't make any mates. Oh wait, yeah, Mike Treadwell and Michael. You know what? That's my my bad. Oh yeah, here's your Supercross results. Right. Okay, I got it. Yeah. All right, much better. Yeah, uh, you got ninth right. in '95. Yeah, ninth in '95 um, overall. Um, yeah. So starting out, like two or three rounds. So starting out in '90, um, when you were kind of New England guy, you, I get, I'm looking at you. You know, a lot of East Coast stuff, a lot of you know Florida stuff, everything else results. I mean, I guess you just never had a chance to to get on a team and get everything paid for, especially back then when there was only four factories and maybe Honda Troy later on, right? Right. Yeah. There was, dude. There was nothing. You didn't. We were just fortunate in New England that racing was so big in New England that that you, we could get shops. Yeah. To like loan you a bike, you know, loan you a yeah. couple of bikes for the year. Right. You know, it's um, I remember riding with Casey Johnson. Um, 
that year for Morgan and Suzuki, uh, Suzuki in Canada. Mm-hmm. And like down here for local stuff, I had Betancourt's um, giving me bikes to use for all the local stuff. And I remember talking to, to, and he had to get a bike shipped out to California for a practice bike. I'm like, why don't you just go to a local dealer, dude? And <laughs> tell them, you know, give you a bike to use for the year. Yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, they want full retail in California. They're not going to give you. I'm like, dude, you're Casey Johnson. Yeah. Just tell them yeah. who you are and yeah, go, yeah, get, yeah. go get a bike. Yeah. He's like, no, that doesn't happen. It doesn't, it doesn't it work like England. that. <laughs> I know, right? No doubt. Um, uh, you were always better at uh, at, at Southwick, obviously, uh, but some good rides at Unadilla. And yeah. I saw you ventured out to Millville a few times. You probably love that trip. I love that place as well. Um, yeah. You know, and then yeah. and then some uh, some decent results at Kenworthy's too, which is so not Mike Treadwell. But oh my God, the only reason why I ever did good at Kenworthy's, I got a. A 12 set of 14 yeah. or something. I don't even know. But the only reason why is because it was 110 degrees. Sure. 100% humidity <laughs> and everyone was dropping like flies. Yeah, I was there. I was his mechanic back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, I would just be like riding it out and, uh, and just. Like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm, I know I'm in 24th right now. But yeah, I'm gonna just stay this pace for 30 plus two, and I'm sure people will die, and that's what happened at know? some point, like, right? Yeah, uh, just soldier along, and here we go. Uh, 1994, your best national finish, sixth place at you know, at uh, Southwick in the uh, in 25 125 class, and again yep. going back to what we were talking, Henry wins, local dude. You're yep. sixth, Carter's eighth, Larusso's ninth. Uh, somehow you beat Tim Ferry. I don't know how that must be scored wrong. That's weird, huh? Yeah, it must and be. I actually should have got fifth that day. I was so mad. I fell Why? What happened? Lap and Craig Decker. I fell in the last lap, and Craig Decker got me, and I tied with Brownie for fifth overall. Oh no way! Brownie got yeah. it though. Um, yeah. What was that like? Do you remember that day? It must have been pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I, it was. It was. It was good. That was. I remember. Um, I remember it was. It wasn't even that hot. I was kind of bummed because it wasn't that hot that day. Okay. It was a uh, track out rough, but it didn't get like. Super, super rough. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I never got good starts ever that at that place. Never for whatever reason, I could never get a good start, and uh, just, the, uh, would always just charge from behind. The asphalt, uh, asphalt uh, gate. Uh, yeah, starting gate for whatever yeah. reason, man. I could never get off that thing at a national, at a local race. I could usually get off good, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it just in my mind I'd frazzle myself or what, but I'd always spin at, at a national. Yeah, you'd always look at the guys maybe you're sitting next to and be like, "Oh man, I can't be." That yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh crap! Thanks everybody for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody. And uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear. This is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. 
Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of race tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, race tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. What was the best bike you had? You, you rode everything. I saw Cowie, Suzuki, Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've ridden, KTM now. I've ridden yeah. everything. You know, right. the I can tell you what my worst bike was. What's 2001 that? Suzuki. That was definitely the worst bike I ever, <laughs> ever, I ever rode. I'm trying to picture it in my head. 2001 Suzuki. What did it look like? It was the. Uh... It was. It, it looked slow. Just looking at it, it looked. <laughs> yeah, slow. it had it the ugly radiator shroud on it. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were just. They were. They. I just could not. Never, the 2000 Hondas were really good, mm -hmm. and I was, I, I had a deal already in place in 01 for um, Manchester Honda because I'd won the championship in NESC, mm -hmm. so they were pumped. I had a deal for that. I was we're trying to work out a deal with Blackfoot in Canada, and I wanted to go to Canada the next year. Yeah, 
and I never kind of got it finalized with Blackfoot, and so I, I ended up I ended up having to switch to at the last minute switch to Suzuki. I wrote for Morgan up there, and, uh-huh. and so I so I wrote Suzuki's down here too. Obviously, yeah, just to make it. I just yeah. never never agreed with them. Never liked them. Never they didn't handle good. I had I got rid of the KYB stuff and put Showa um, forks on the two fifty. Oh, you did, yeah. It, yeah, it just I could never get the things going, and it was it was it was comical. And then literally from '01 <laughs> to uh, you know say best bikes, the next year when I jumped on KTM's, yeah, the five my 540 uh, oh, geez, yeah. bike from Canada was phenomenal, <laughs> and the 125s were just like like cheating. Yeah, they were good. Class. Yeah, yeah, that they, was they, I was at KTM then with Kelly Smith, and they were they 40 millimeter carbs. Um, they didn't work great in supercars, whoops, but who cared for you? And um, yeah. so yeah, they were they were just screamers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was funny because we went testing with Factory Connection, and I had my Suzuki's. It was just kind of comical. That's kind of how I kind of ended up on KTM's because Dowdy was on KTM's in in '01, and we went testing. And huh, go figure, my Suzuki crapped out, didn't <laughs> run. And um, John was like, "Dude, just I know, just don't kill the day. You know, we, don't 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 waste the day riding. Ride my 125. Ride my KTM." Yeah. And we were doing lap times. Zach from Factory Connection was there, and uh, we were doing lap times. And um, like we would do little 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 sprint races. I would I would uh, take off first, then KJ, then Dowdy, you know. And then we and I would just do everything I could to keep KJ not from passing me, mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> Dowdy not to pass both of us, you know. So right, that's, right. that was our two lap sprints, and uh, <laughs> we I was two seconds a lap. I never even adjusted his his handlebars. Okay, I didn't even do anything. I just yep. jumped on his bike, went out. And I was two seconds a lot faster on the KTM than I was on the Suzuki. Oh, jeez, like, yeah. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, what the heck? Oh. And, uh, what yeah, about so. when uh, when uh, Manchester had the Bradshaw and 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 Skaggs team with with Carter? I think later too. Did you? Yeah. Did you try yeah. to get on that? Did the tread was Treadwell in the running for that for that role? Nah, I didn't even. Um, no, I can't even remember what what was going on with no. that. Was that was that like ninety seven? Ninety seven, yeah, it was ninety seven. Yeah, so. and I think I think I was. Um, yeah, I had, I had a deal. You talk about no rides at all. Yeah, I mean, in ninety five, I rode for a team called FNS Suzuki. Oh, no. yeah, we, they, they helped us and out with like, Birdwell. Yeah, right. Um, Guy Cooper, myself, Denny Stevenson, and Davey Yezik. <laughs> That's the team. I mean. What two years early or three years earlier? Friggin' uh, Cooper's a national champion. Yeah, and, and Stevenson, Stevenson's a yeah. Supercross champ. Right, and, right. and here we are. And I, and this is the this this is how little rides there are out there. Mm-hmm. We were getting like no nobody was getting paid. You just got like four bikes and parts to use for the year. Like yeah, you gave you bikes to use and you gave them back at the end of the year and you got like a parts account. Yeah, you couldn't and, sell the bikes and keep the money. You had to give them back. No, yeah. God yeah, no. Yeah. You had to give the bikes back. <laughs> absolutely. But you uh, you know, and that was you know you're like sitting there going. I thought I hit the lotto. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I got four bikes to use and parts. Oh my god! I only have to drive fourteen hours to Ohio to get them. Man, this is awful. What a deal! Yeah, uh, well, you know what? Killer. Like, again, I'm not. I'm, I'm so far off your pace. But I turned pro in '92 and up in Canada, and it was depressing. CMA was done. CM, CMC and turned into CMRC, and there nobody yeah. was giving anybody anything. And that was a rough time in the sport. Like, again, if you look at Decker or Yezik or these dudes that. You know, had some potential. There was just nothing for these guys, and same thing with you. You know, like it was, we definitely struggled a little bit as a sport back then. So, oh, uh, for sure, for so sure. I how mean, did uh, oh, go, how did the obviously you've all, you were always tight with the Canadian guys, and you all, you know you knew them all and everything else. But how did the full time come to Canada race the nationals thing come about? 
Um, you know, it was uh, that that um, 2000 season. Mm-hmm. I, uh, like you I were said, trying I came to buy in. Foot, right. You're... I came. I came in really ready. Um, in NESC, I was riding for Manchester Honda, okay. and I wanted to 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 win NESC, and I got that arm pump surgery, and I was kind of like, just in, in over the winter, you know, what I mean, long winters up here, and uh, working every day, and I would just I'd get up every morning at four o'clock and just train for an hour and a half, then go to work all day, come back home, train. That's you know, yeah. we didn't have we didn't. Uh, my wife was was pregnant at the time for our first for first uh, for Lindsay, mm-hmm. and um, so it was like I didn't have anything else going on so it was like train work you know that's it you know that's all we had going on and i was determined to win when i came into that that season Mm -hmm. and i did i i I literally had a really good spring series in nesc and i won it i won like almost every race what would you take home at the end of a weekend like back in the heyday like those days like what would you win track money and honda money and Track money and Honda money, and then um, Manchester Honda had like a little contingency, mm-hmm. like seventy-five or hundred bucks yeah. to win each class. It, you could take home probably fifteen to eighteen hundred bucks a weekend. Nice, that's good. Yeah, good. so it was it, it was good. Depending on and like I said back then, I was still on the dune. I will go to Canada Friday, Saturday night, drive. Yeah, you know, nine hours back through the night with no sleep, and then race. You know, at that point because I'm riding the two vet classes too. Sure. Um, you know, six twenty-minute motos on Sunday in a deep sand track with no sleep, but whatever we just did, we that's how we grew up, like mm-hmm. just racing whatever, yeah, just whatever, you know? right? And um, you know, so, so okay, it, it so, was always so two thousand, pretty good. So two thousand, how do you, how does the Canadian thing come about? You're, you're, so, you're an so I end up yeah. going to Unadilla. I, I actually, well, it was kind of weird that I won all the races in the spring, and, mm-hmm. and I've, I've won the two fifty championship, won the vet championship, and I finished second to. Um, Wally Silva, actually, in the 125 championship. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good spring series. I wrapped up the championship with, like, two rounds to go. I was I was, I was kind of pumped, but I was, I was almost, like, immediately bored with the whole NESC thing. You know what I mean? Going mm-hmm. off, man, that was just almost too easy. Like, I didn't I didn't like it. And I went to Unadilla, and I saw Jason Thomas, and uh, I, was, I was always friends with uh, JT. So I was, like, just talking to him, and he, and he was telling me about um, – the deal he had going with Blackfoot up in right. Canada and stuff like that, and he was pumped to be back racing at Unadil. And he's like, "Dude, you you should really go check it out on the East Coast, dude. I don't think any, I don't think those tracks are that far for you." Yeah. And I was like, "All right, um, maybe I'll do that." So yeah. the, the first weekend I was gonna go was Barry, and um, I ended up having not being able to go because I didn't know that they had they had done at the track. The NESC people were so awesome; they put a baby shower on for my wife. Oh, um, nice. And they told me the week before, I was totally not going because I'd wrapped up the championship already. I was going <laughs> yeah, to skip yeah, the go, last race. Go to Barry. And they're like, oh, no, you can't skip that. We're having a baby shower for your wife. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So I missed Barry, and then, uh, and then I started. And then I went up. Uh, first one was Moncton okay. that I went up to. And I, I just – I hadn't been to actually a national in Canada in forever. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't even – you know, I think it was – I don't even know when it was before that. It was because, like you said, it was yeah. such disarray. Right. You know, the, the CMA and all that so stuff. So this, this would have been JSR, Morgan, Damon Huffman, maybe, or no? They, yes, it was uh, yeah. JSR. Um, no, no, no. That, that first year that I went up there, it was um, it was just, uh, no, what, JSR wasn't even there yet. Oh, okay. You still he was, um, that was Honda. 2000. Yeah. Actually, it was funny because at Southwick that year, um, I beat JSR. It was funny. He was in my he was in my heat race that year mm-hmm. at Southwick. I, I had to pass him and beat him in my heat race, and I passed him and beat him in both motos. And then uh, we went we went up to Canada. I went up to Canada, and he raced the one round. He raced um, 
that I raced was at Overton, and he, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I went like four nine or something like that, and he and he won. Right. I was like, oh, there's, there's the. <laughs> I thought I was gonna kick his ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a JSR on home on home home turf. Exactly. Right, it's like right. me at Southwick and right, the JSR right. there. Like, okay, that's a big difference. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, so anyway, I just I went to Moncton and I did good. I got second um in the one twenty five class to uh, Josh Woods, mm-hmm. and then uh, the same thing the next week. I went to Overton. I got second to Josh again. Um. And then, like I said, I went like four nine or yeah. something in the two fifty class. And then I went to uh, Latouk the next week, yeah. and I won Latouk. I went I went two one. I think I had a good battle with the hand first motor or something, and uh, he beat me. And then I went two one. I got the overall, and then I think I got third or something like that. I went like two four mm-hmm. for third in the two fifty class. And Dubok was there. That was either Dubok oh, yeah. won yep. the title. Yeah. So I just I just kind of fell in love with the series right then. I was like, man, this is a f- this is fun. Right. And. Uh, I had to skip. My wife went into labor the Friday before we went to uh, Walton, and I was getting ready to go to Walton, and, and uh, she went into labor, so obviously I skipped Walton. Yeah. And then I just tried putting a deal together for the next year, and like I said, was was in really serious talks with Blackfoot and thought I had everything dialed in, and then they ended up going with Mike Craig because they were doing the Supercross series. I couldn't do Supercross because right. I had a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> The dreaded job getting in the way, you know what I mean? I couldn't live so, in California. So uh, your first Canadian ride was with who? Because I remember you at KTM. I remember at Honda. I remember at OTSF. Who was your first Canadian ride with? Uh, Morgan Suzuki. Oh, Morgan Suzuki. Morgan so this Racing, yeah. This was... Um, oh, one. Yeah, okay. All right. You know what? It was a really good team, too. Like, we had really... We had fun. It was me, Casey Johnson, and Pedro Gonzalez. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that okay. So that's how your first entry into Canada goes, and and then like, yeah. I don't have the results in front of me, but you you won races. You always were top yeah. five, dude. Um, you know, pretty much every weekend. Yeah, I, I should have won the championship in one in the one twenty five class. I I won the first uh, two mm-hmm. two rounds, yep. and then uh, and then uh, blew up my bike, which I should have. I mean, we went to Latouk. It's a full blown sand track. I mean, I pretty much should have been able to win that race. Yeah, you know, the year before that I won no problem. Yeah, and uh, and my bike blew up and grenaded. Um, and, uh, and double classing so we, too. Double classing. This is back yeah. in those days, right? Like, yeah. Like nobody does that anymore. Nobody even thinks. About I know. That, I know. Right? That's what cracks me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then uh, at some point you get on factory KTM. Was Newf on the team then? Um, no, the first year that was one. Then oh two, I I went with I. Uh, Got to deal with factory KTM. I was I was really pumped to get on the bikes. Once I rode Dowdy's bike, honestly, I I, yeah. I called Darren Pilling. He you know yeah he was the team manager, and I was like he was like you you want to ride KTM? I said I want to ride KTM. <laughs> I said you just put together something for me. I don't care what it is, even if it's just big bonuses, whatever it is. Yep. Get me get me the bikes and and uh, we'll and and I'll ride them. And and so it was it was really easy to put together for him because I wanted it to be a performance based type thing. So it was it was pretty simple and uh-huh. uh um and the bikes were just phenomenal. You know, I I yeah. loved them and uh everything, is, everything uh, meshed well. This is Jimmy Lamastis and Lance Smale days, right? Yeah, well me and Smale, yes. Lamastis yeah. was the year before that. Oh, I okay. heard he was uh-huh. just like I heard he was a crazy Yes, I heard the crazy same dude. stuff, right. <laughs> I heard stories of him, you know what I mean, like all the stuff that he did and <laughs> right. and uh but I wasn't around okay. for any of that cuz he wasn't he was nowhere to be. I think somebody said like right before the season that that 02 season he got arrested or something like that for <laughs> uh, some dude hit his sister and he like 
he went at him and ran him over. Or, I don't even know. You know how stories are, but that's what that was. I was like, oh, all right. I'm like, wow. I'm, yeah. I'm going to oh, get to meet this guy. Yeah, I heard the same kind of stuff about the guy for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a nice little secondary career for you up there. Like, like again, oh, you're yeah. running up front, you're making a little bit of money, and and uh, and it's a it's a like you know you talk to the guys that go up there now and. They just love the atmosphere. You know, Millsap is just the latest guy that I talked to that just loves the atmosphere. Uh, the top guys, you guys all hung out together. You went to the same places yeah. after the race. It was less pressure. Everybody was pretty cool, you know. And, um, yeah, it's kind of me being Canadian. I'm always always pumped when, when guys like American guys like you like like the series. That's what was what was so cool about it. We could – it. it the old school days of you got to hate your opponent. Like I never, I never bought into that because well, no. I grew up racing with all the dudes that I grew up with, and yeah. we were all friends. We were competitors. We were, we could, we could go at it with each other on the track, and then, you know, mm-hmm. drive home together. Right. You know what I mean? Like we, we were like, all right, you know, all right. And you could say like, you know, KJ could tell me, dude, that was a dick move on the start. You know, you cut me <laughs> off or whatever, and I'd be like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a dick move. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, get over it. You know, we're right. going to go through Wendy's drive to order my frosty for me or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, but I mean, we we did that, and that's how it was in Canada. Everybody was super competitive, but right. most of the guys you could go out to dinner with before the race. It wasn't mm. like, oh, you had to just go with your teammates. We all would be like, hey, where, you know, yeah. where's there cool to eat, you know, here or around here or whatever. And, yeah. and it was just, it was cool, you know. Um, wasn't there a race where you pushed your bike across the line? Yeah, that was Latouk in, in 01 when I was winning the championship. And, uh, oh, was that when your grenaded. bike blew? Okay, that was when yeah, your bike Yeah, grenaded on the last lap, and I, I, I pushed it the last half a lap. And, a half a lap, Tread? Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Was, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> Yeah. Did you get a point? Did you score points? No, that's what that's what killed me. I got like twenty third. No way! Like, Are you kidding me? Oh, Are you kidding me, man! I got zero points. <laughs> I pushed so. this damn thing all the way across for zero. Yeah, points? that's what I said. I could have just I just could have made my mechanic do it. And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, did you never ride for OTSF? Or did oh, you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I thought you did. Yeah, um, yeah. That's like that was in '03. Actually, Ian okay. Hayden, who rode for him, mm-hmm. um, at the end of '02, um, they were kind of. Um, I don't know. They wanted me to be the team manager. Um, oh, they did? JTM wanted yeah, you to be the manager? Uh, yeah, uh, falling out with um, with Darren um, Pilling, who was a great guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he was he's he's a good dude, and they and they they KTM had a different direction or whatever. Yeah, I just got a lift, and, um, I just got a lift kit from Darren like two weeks ago for my truck. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a, he's an awesome guy, and he uh, he um he, for whatever reason I never really got the the full deal. They kind of parted ways, mm-hmm. and um. And then they asked me to ride and manage, and Darren had already. I was I was good friends with Noof, and um, and uh, Darren mm-hmm. had already had Ian Hayden kind of on like a support deal through KTM for for probably a couple of years. Um, and anyway, he, he so Noof was. I, I wanted to get Noof on the team. I felt like he was one of those guys that were super talented oh, that just it, didn't work hard at all. Yeah, he's a good time. He yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. You, know, you just have fun with Noof, and, and and everything's cool. And I, I really felt that if Noof worked hard, that he could he could be you know he could win the championship up there, you know. And um, so I was I pushed Darren to get him on, and and then of course they 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 sign him on, and then then they get rid of Darren, and they asked me to be the team manager. I was like, oh man. So I ended up I ended up you know agreeing to do it. Oh, I don't and, remember um, this. Okay. All yeah, right. riding. I was riding and being the team manager. So we didn't have the first thing was we didn't really have any transportation to the to the races so ian ended up getting it set up and get and introducing me to andre from uh-huh. otsff and so that's how andre got on board with motocross he was a snowcross guy 
and had a had a tractor trailer for had a semi for snowcross events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were like, all right, well, why don't you come on board and you know yeah. do, do do the motocross stuff yeah. in the summertime. Yeah. So that's kind of how it um well, it started. Kinda, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, so yeah, so, through Hayden who was doing snowcross. Oh wow. Right. Exactly. Through yeah. through through Ian and then uh, so he came on board and we uh, you know I was the manager that year and we. Uh, I thought we had a pretty good season. Newf won a race. Um, I actually struggled. It was a lot more work. Um, mm-hmm. Like my riding end of it struggled a lot. You know, what I mean, I was like, I was like a sixth through tenth place guy in the 450 class that year. Like I just, um, you know, I think I ended up finishing eighth or something in the in the points. Mm-hmm. Um, just was a, you know, it was it was a lot of work. So the next year, I was just like, no, <laughs> no way, no how, and they wanted. And they wanted me to be involved with KTM again the next year, and I just kind of was over it. It was too much work, right. and I wanted to just go and ride. And Andy yeah. White had a had his Diablo Honda team, yeah. and um, he uh, he approached me, and I said, "Hey, I said KJ wants to come to Canada too," and he's like, "Dude, I would love to have you two guys." And then uh, and then you know now that it's you know now that it's a long time removed, but uh, and the, uh, uh, Dowdy, that's how Dowdy came up that year too. Okay. Was Andy? Andy put the whole thing together. Andy was trying to. We were trying to get Dowdy up there, but John was going to be riding Suzuki's down here in the states and everything like that. Uh-huh. And Andy, Andy got that whole deal set up, and then, and then, the shit hit the fan with Honda because Honda found out that Andy, um, you know, John was was using Andy was a distributor of shot gear at the time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And Andy, you know, wanted all of us to wear shot gear. Of course, Dowdy yeah. Was wear shot gear too, so. He got it kind of set up, and then he had to step away, and then, um, and that's how Andre Andre was kind of left out in the cold because KTM went in a different direction. Yeah, um, they did it in house more, and uh, Andre was kind of left out in the cold. He didn't have anything for the summertime, so I was like, me and Andy were talking. I'm like, well, what about Andre? Yeah, you know, and um, and then that's how Andre got on board with Suzuki and just moving it. Yeah, moving everything over. Right. Yeah, he ended up getting the program and everything else like that. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, were you still doing NESC when you were oh, doing yeah. like the whole the whole time you were in Canada? You would do NESC on off weekends and spring series and everything else whenever you could. Is oh, that yeah. oh, okay? Yep. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know how that worked. I wasn't sure. So you're still... never an off weekend of racing back. Yeah, Dude, yeah. what what do you think was the most number of weekends you raced in a year? Oh gosh. Oh well, I mean, when yeah. I was going to Florida and stuff like that. That's it what was, I mean. It was like you had to be just. Yeah, because, it was like you probably took three weekends off, like most. Because like I, you like you said, you would chase arena crosses if you could, and then race, oh, yeah. you know, race Sunday or whatever. Like then I started racing snowmobiles. I started racing snowcross. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So get this. This was this was. I guarantee you, nobody's done this. This will be something <laughs> okay. that, that you can sit there and say nobody's done this. Okay, so I'm racing snowcross. They had a series up here called Rock Maple Racing. Okay. And, uh, Chris Vincent and guys like that. T.J. Gula, who won the. Um, the whole world snowcross championship there one year. Mm-hmm. He was he was from that series and stuff. And um, so I'm racing that series in the wintertime. And then two years in a row, there's a New Haven Arena Cross. Two years in a row, um, and then another another race in Springfield. Uh, remember when Junior Jackson was doing those? Um, and Denny Bartz, uh, Brandon Bartz. Do you remember yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, his dad, Denny, is still involved in those, you yeah. know, all those um, arena cross stuff. But anyway, um, Junior was winning it uh, or something then, and I'm racing snowcross. So I drive, I go to New Haven, Connecticut, race Friday night, mm-hmm. arena cross. Yeah. On my dirt bike. Drive to uh, Mount Snow, Vermont, <laughs> and jump on my snowmobile all Snow day cross. Saturday for qualifying because it was 
some of those were always Saturday qualifiers, uh-huh. Monday finals. Mm-hmm. Raced all my qualifiers on this like five-hour drive. Yep. Dr- drive up there, race all day long on my snowmobile, haul ass back to New Haven, race Saturday <laughs> race night. Saturday night. <laughs> race Saturday night, New Haven, get done there at like midnight, haul ass back to Vermont and race all my things. Uh, all my main events on Sunday for, for snowcross. A snowmobile arena cross doubleheader. Dude, totally. And I did that three three different times. Three different times I did that. It was comical. That is you pretty know, comical. I, you're like yeah. looking for the, uh, you're on your dirt bike thinking, okay, do I need the, is the kill switch on attached to my chest protector now? Yeah, exactly. Right. It was just, it was, uh, it was funny. Just nonstop. I give my father a lot of credit. He would come down from Maine and then uh-huh. he'd be a driving fool. I'd be like, dad, can you drive? You know, I'll tell, I'll, I'll, I can catch a couple of these. I'll tell you what, Tread, yeah. no, no one's doing that now. No one is doing yeah, that no. now. <laughs> you know, that's what I sit there and laugh now. I, and and then they're just like, ah, you're a bitter old man, you know. You're freaking yeah. the old back well, in my day, you know. I mean, I it's I, I kind of I kind of I get on the Canadian pros a little bit because I, I love the medallias. They're medallias. They're good friends of mine, and, and all these Canadian guys are friends of mine, Fasciati. But dude, like, they got ten races. They had nine forever. They just added ten, and that was it. I got right. ten races, and I'm out. Like I just I'm exhausted. Meanwhile, JSR Carl. Uh, rollerball, you name it, Blair Morgan. They would just drive all night, race anything, race everywhere, and and, and you you were much the same. And it's like yeah. sometimes I like you guys like you want to get better, go race everywhere. You know, you know that honestly, uh, like you say, Jeremy and, and Tyler, that super talented, unbelievable guys. And, and Jeremy did a few races. I remember him coming down. He would come down to uh, to NESC a few times. Yeah, yeah. His dad would would bring him down. It was, it was awesome. But Colt, man. God, I would like. I would constantly be telling people, "You guys don't have any idea. Yeah. This kid is he, the real deal. Yeah. He's so good. He's and that kid when he was fourteen. I remember in '02, and he was only fourteen, and he was riding that Richmond. It was when Darcy, yeah, um, uh, Craig Decker, and then uh, um, Rusty, Rust Dog. Oh, Rust, yeah. Yeah, and then and then he was on like the B team they called it or whatever um, mm-hmm. for that Richmond team. It was um it was Colt was on that, and I watched him then at fourteen, and I was just like, yeah, this kid is just like he's he's silky smooth, he's ridiculous, and uh, just you know and how effortlessly he could he he yep. he can win and wax like such good guys, and uh, for him to not come to the states and just and I and I and I get it. I, yeah, I, I know no, guys. yeah. You want to save your money? I get it. You know, you don't want to get beat and all that kind of stuff. Save money. Like I get it, but that's not how you get great. It's not right. You know, you invest in yourself, man. Yeah. You say all right, I'm going to put this money in, and I'm going to I'm going to put an effort in. And no matter what, even if you fall flat on your face, at least you, at least you tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, even Beaton would go down to Cali and ride the first. Five or six supercrosses, you know, and, and see right. what you could do yeah. and, and, and make mains and, and everything else. So, yeah. um, you know, those, oh, know. those are the days. It sometimes frustrates me a little bit. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast with Mike Treadwell. Use the code PB-PULP16 when you're checking out at Superstore uh, to save yourself some money and, uh, and, and get a deal. Uh, before we wrap this up, Tread, um, like you said, you listen to the JoJo podcast, and um, I said on that podcast, everyone has a JoJo story. It seemed like forever. Uh, what do you remember about JoJo? Dude, that I guy. Mean. He's 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 absolutely the most talented guy for everything. Like everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you were probably what you were, you were you were twelve, fourteen when he was kind of 
You would have been a kid, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've told this story before, but it's no, it's it's people think I'm, I'm bullshitting. <laughs> they had this place called the Burn Section okay. over near his house, and me and KJ were, like I said, we came up through together, mm-hmm. and we were we were winning the amateur class, and we were like, you know what, we we're we're pretty big deals, you know, we're we're winning the amateur class, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we think we're pretty cool. We go out and we're pounding motos at this gnarly sand track that's only about maybe five feet wide, so it's just super rough. Mm-hmm. And JoJo just bets us that he can beat us with one hand tied behind his back. <laughs> and he just goes out, takes off, and just waxes us <laughs> with one hand behind his back. One hand. <laughs> one hand, it beats me and KJ, and like like straight up yeah. beat us. And I, I was like so, I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> but I mean, that, and that's just like riding, like yeah. stuff that, that he would do. I mean, yeah. he could just do anything, like you say. Hit. Remember we were at the... Axton, Virginia National, and, and he was he he was you know he was typical low on money or whatever like that. And uh, Damon Bradshaw's father and somebody else were were hitting golf balls, and he just I'll, I'll bet you I can hit him further, you know, yeah, for yeah. fifty bucks yeah. or whatever like that, and yeah, just, yeah. Went and just cr- crush the ball and <laughs> and win fifty bucks and just every little thing from playing basketball to doing tricks to doing like a hand-eye like, coordination and all that kind yeah, of stuff, right? It was just anything that guy could do anything. I mean, <laughs> we're in Florida one year, and he just said, "I bet you I can balance this penny on this." Um, coat hanger, uh-huh. and he kind of bent the coat hanger up and put his finger in it, and he put the penny on the coat hanger, and, and he was able to keep it there enough to swing the the coat hanger around and keep a penny on a coat hanger. I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, how do you do this stuff? Right, like, you're insane. Right. Like, he's just he's just one of those guys that he's just he's just one of a kind. No, no doubt. Right. No, you know. Okay, uh, so the gate. There's an imaginary race at the Wick. And yourself and KJ, Dowd, Henry, JoJo are all in their primes. Who wins? Dowdy? Like, hmm. gate, like everybody's at their peak. Everybody's at their peak. And, what and, size bike? I don't know. <laughs> I think if you say 125, it's, it's Doug. Yeah. Um, and if you say 250, I got to give the nod to Dowdy. Yeah. Gotta, okay. He's, uh, he's just, you know, he's always been able to just. The weird thing is if, if you, like, get traction, some guys will bounce, and John always can get traction, like, through rough stuff. He always made, you know, and on a bigger bike, he was always he was always dominant. You know, like I said, back in the day, never, well, I, I would beat John in 125 class and never even gave it a second thought. Yep. 250 class, you know, it was but just, he was a different guy. remember, Factory Yamaha days, he ran, ran with Ricky there, and I don't know if I've seen anybody go faster than Ricky at Southwick. Yep. And Dowdy ran Yeah, him. and he just... Yeah. But he, he willed himself to do it. That, he couldn't ride hard pack to save his life. We used to, me, him, and KJ, because KJ was always the better um, uh-huh. hard pack guy. And we would go to Kroom. You know how Kroom had yeah, like yeah. the... So we would go way out back where it was all clay. Mm-hmm. And we, we went and bought paint. And we just painted like turns in because it was so hard you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> get ruts going off like that. And we would paint in a track on just mm-hmm. a flat area yep. with turns and we would just go practice trying to short track our way around the track to try to learn hard pack stuff, you know? Yeah, because you guys just never had it, huh? We didn't have any of it. There's no Which... like what we consider hard pack, anyone else in the country would be like, Oh dude, that's a loamy sand track. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what? This is hard pack, dude. Which is, is which is makes Dowdy's like, you know, one one at Binghamton like even more remarkable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, even uh, Millville, everybody says back, and I know back in the day when I raced it, it, you had the sand whoops that were sandy, but the rest of the track was pretty hard packed. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah, for sure. It was it was a hard packed track. It's awesome, awesome facility, but it, it wasn't. No, the bottom of the hills and the top track. of the hills, like in the, in the yeah. yeah, before the finish and all that, that was, that's rock hard. 
Yeah, yeah it was a really hard back track, and John, you know, he won there. Yeah, know? yeah. Funny. I think, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I did one of these with him, too, and, yeah, I mean, I love John Dowd. He's a great dude, but he, couldn't, can't, he can't explain or remember anything, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I got to be so one of the fastest riders in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it, you know what I mean? And he's just... And he's so, but you know what? If you if you ask him about uh, you know taking the tracks off his bulldozer and freaking rebuilding it and, and repacking the grease the, the grease bearings on his yeah, freaking yeah. trailer, right. like oh dude, yeah, yeah, you know, right, <laughs> I mean, like right. right into it. Okay, know? what was the? Now this goes back to Barton's ride in '88 on 125. I think he got second or third, right? Um, yep. In the moto, what do you think was the best local ride at Southwick? Not counting Dowd and Henry, like. Guy who didn't race the series full way, like is that Barton ride stand out for you or, or yeah, or, that Barton ride was was really really good. Um, remember Larusso got fourth. Yeah, Larusso. Tony Tony got a third in one third. Moto yeah, in a moto. There. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, um, KJ got a fourth in two fifties. I think as a yeah. As a, you know what? That was a good ride. Yeah, that was a real good ride that day um, with KJ. Um, I remember one. I got. I got. I got eighth one year in the 250 class. For me, even though I got sixth in the 125 class, mm-hmm. the eighth that I got in the eighth, 250 class yeah. was for me because I, I had to run down. And Wardy was totally on his decline, but um, I, I ran down. <laughs> Jeff oh, Wardy dude. passed him, yeah. so that was pretty uh, pretty cool for me to get eighth. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Wardy's 50 years old. That's still that's still yeah. Worth. That was for me. That was pretty <laughs> sick. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like, dude, I just passed Jeff Ward. You know, holy yeah. crap! And I remember, I remember me and John were parked, you know, pitted together. And I think he got like a a, a fourth or uh-huh. fifth in that moto, and uh, we were just sitting like beside the truck after the moto, taking our gear off, just you know, spent. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, he's like, how'd you do? And I just, I'll never forget it. And I'm like, yeah, I got eighth. And uh, he like, he was pumped for himself, you know, yep. that, he, that he got a fourth or a fifth. But he he literally whips his head around. He goes, he goes, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I got got eighth. He's like, holy shit, dude, right? That's awesome. He was like all pumped yeah, up for yeah. me. I was, I thought that was pretty cool, you know. He's right. Like, holy shit, dude, you got an eighth. That's awesome. I'd like to see in 2017, JoJo, you, KJ, we got like a legend Southwick race. Drop the gate, have it happen. Like for all the marbles once again. That'd be awesome. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is is last year, me and John were obviously. He had to put so much work. I, I tried to help out as much as I could with the track and do mm-hmm. do anything I could. And he just, you know, he was t- contemplating riding. And I was actually really considering racing last. You know, were you really? The yeah. Last yeah, year. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was comical, and it kind of, I was a little perturbed. Not perturbed, I was, I, was su- I was pumped for for everyone that made it in. But, you know, there was kids that I beat every single week that, yep. that made it in. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like really, man? I was, I Dude, you should then. Week. You and should, I mean. Well, I, you know, I don't know. Next year's a, a new year. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. You know, hopefully everything goes, you know goes good, and, and we'll see how the spring goes. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I forgot, like yourself, who's run up front, maybe – you know, going out there and pounding thirty plus two and not getting any points or getting five points wouldn't be worth it. But I think it'd be a pretty cool story. You know, I think I think all of us following the nationals when Dowdy and Brown were combined age eighty eight and they were, yeah. you know, getting top tens, we were like freaking out. You know? Yeah, no, so. it's it's nuts. I mean, I don't even know. Like, there's absolutely no way. Um, I know I would ever score points because Ryan Dowd had me covered every week, and I know Ryan. Yeah, um, he, he he was up there, but I don't think he scored. He any was points. up there, yeah. but he didn't score yeah. any points. You know what I mean? And he he made it in. Like I said, there was a bunch. There was there was there was quite a few guys that made it in, and um, obviously the uh, the way the 
practice went, so for the qualifying times, having the B guys go out first, that's be the only way I could, you know, could make it in. Well, I was going to say that that's that's your weakness, Tread, is we don't do heat races anymore, as you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, that was why I stopped. You know, that was the last year that I, I think '06 was the last year I rode um, the national was because, and then they started going shortly after that. Uh-huh. I mean, I had to stop going just doing the nationals because of uh, Loretta's too. Yeah, yeah. I had to sit out '07 in Loretta's, and then. Because of of the yeah. 06 national, right, but, um, right, right. But yeah. uh, you know, they went to timed after that, and I was like, dude, there's no way, there's no way I can make it. You know I mean, I yeah. can race my way in, but there's no way I can time it. But if they do it the way they did it then, yeah, you know, like with the, they with did the last year, track, the, the, right. the first the first guys out. <laughs> I think are, uh, I think they're looking at I think they're looking at ways I think they're looking at ways to change that. I do think that they're looking at ways to like wait a minute here. Nothing against well, those the only guys, thing that stinks yeah. that 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 I that I. I disagree with them trying to change is because every other national, the B guys have it like way worse because they go out there when it's four feet of mud, uh-huh. the tracks completely tilled. Yeah. So for one round, right? Let they the, got, they yeah. have an advantage. Yeah. The other and, eleven rounds, it's a complete disadvantage to and, go out there first because there's no lines formed. The track gets faster as the lines get formed. Mm-hmm. So why do you why do you bone them that one time? Right. Why do you change the whole program? Give because them. They finally have an advantage. Yeah, give them a little bit, throw them a bone, exactly. For yeah, one. And, exactly. And, and, and even and in the and in the four fifty Bs are the last dudes out, and it's rough as crap. You know, normally, right. normally it's it's just unbelievable. Track shitty as hell. So yeah, um, yeah, 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 you have points for sure. Um, well, cool, yeah. Trad. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for this podcast. Uh, oh, no problem. No problem. Good talking. Walk down memory lane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. I'm gonna try to go out to. Uh, to to a round out in California. Oh, are you? Okay. Two, so, yeah. See if it works out like last year when Newf was flying in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he. I flew him down to do you know to do a show on Monday night. He was he was a he was a rock star. I flew him in. Then we went to the race together. It was uh, yeah yeah. You know, oh yeah. Uh, he's always a rock star, man. <laughs> well, now he's still going chasing arena cross glory. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. So. The uh, the new beginning. The new beginning. <laughs> exactly. We'll Another new beginning. <laughs> never let it go. We'll just never yeah. let that go. You know, I got him a ride in Finland this year. I sent him. I, got him to, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He got no That's star awesome. money, but he got expenses paid, and, and the purse money wasn't bad. Uh, but his bike broke the second night. But yeah, I felt like a, a real agent getting my buddy new for a ride in Finland. So. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike Treadwell. Uh, thank you for doing the uh, the Motorcycle Superstore Racer X podcast. Good stories, good times. Uh, thanks, buddy, and I'm sure I'll see you down the road. You got it. Thanks. Th- man. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production.
Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the-